Welcome to the Do Life and a Body You Love podcast. I'm Nikki O'Day, and we are going to talk about any and every topic that will get you showing up bigger and bolder in your life. Weight loss, relationships, mindset, it's all on the table. It may not come out real PC, but if you're sick of motivational rah-rah talks that don't lead to any real change in your life, then you're in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, do life and a body you love, ladies. How are you all doing? Welcome to this edition of Broken Record Nikki, where I'm going to tell you again why you shouldn't diet. And I, before you turn this off and go, yeah, 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 I've already heard it. I also want to add in here, what is dieting? Because I think maybe there's a little bit of confusion between what I mean by dieting and what the rest of America means by dieting. I don't know. But here's the deal. It keeps happening. Our brains just revert right into diet mode. They just, they just go there. And I get it. We've been completely indoctrinated into this thought that if we want to lose weight, we have to be restricted. And I'm telling you, this is detrimental to your long-term weight loss plan, to your body and to your mental health. And I'm not even exaggerating. I know that sounds so dramatic And you might be thinking, but I don't diet. Well, let's throw out some definitions of what dieting really is. And then you can decide if you're dieting currently or planning to diet again. Okay, so here's what I mean by dieting. For my own definition of the things that we're going to talk about on today's episode. Are you doing something that you feel like you can't do forever? Then it's a diet. Like that's the easiest way to sum it up, right? Um... If you feel restricted, now let's clarify because you have to change what you're eating to lose weight. Like you're never going to get the whole job done with just exercise. Um, Exercise is important, but food is the bigger of the two when it comes to weight loss. Okay. Maybe not longevity and things like that, but for weight loss, it certainly is. So you're going to have to change what you're eating. Is that always going to feel easy? No. You're going to have to break a lot of habits and build a lot of new ones. And that doesn't feel easy. There's strategies and methods that can make it a whole lot easier, but it's still going to be work. But when I say you shouldn't feel restricted, I mean, A, you shouldn't feel hungry all the time. B, you shouldn't feel food focused all the time. If you're like, when is my next meal? When am I going to get to eat pizza ever again? You know, like what happens to our brains when we go on a diet and we just all of a sudden want all the things. If you're feeling like that, then probably what you're doing is not sustainable, which in my book makes it a diet. If you are never going to be allowed to have certain food items ever again. Now, listen, there are some people who can't have gluten, can't have dairy, you know, they can't have specific things. Sure. And can all of us feel better by eating a more whole food-based diet? Yes. What do I mean by whole food-based diet? If God made it, you eat it. And if man made it, you don't. I mean, that's like the simplest way that I can explain what clean eating means. But for most people, you don't need to eat 100% clean to feel better, help your hormonal health, lose weight. You just need to eat that way the majority of the time, not all the time. I still have processed things like protein shakes, protein bars. I just, I try to get most of my stuff from Whole Foods and I supplement where I can't. Sometimes I need convenience items because hello, it's 2023 and I'm busy 
And so I'm guessing you are too. So you're probably not going to eat perfectly clean all the time. Fine. You're going to have to clean up your food some. It doesn't need to be perfect. But if you're on some sort of a diet where they're like, listen, you really can't eat potatoes and lose weight or you really can't ever have alcohol again. Now, listen, I'm not a fan of people drinking alcohol at all. The more I study what it does to your body, especially for women and what it does to our hormones, that's a whole nother podcast episode. However, if you enjoy a glass of wine like I do, sometimes you need to be able to have that. Like you, you can't be on a plan that doesn't let you live the type of lifestyle that you want to live. Now, if the type of lifestyle that you want to live and you're going to dig in your heels and say, it's a bottle of wine every single day and chicken nuggets for two meals a day, and I'm not going to eat any plant matter, (laughs) then the lifestyle you want to live doesn't probably match up with what your goals are. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You can match up your plan to lose weight with a lifestyle that you'll probably be happy to live it to live with. You can match them up and then it's not a diet and then it doesn't feel like a diet. And this is why constantly I have clients who are like, are you sure I'm doing enough? I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And I'm like, that's the point. We don't want it to feel <laughs> very torturous. So that's what I mean by diet. It's restrictive. You feel hungry. You're not allowed to have certain things. There are food rules. Certain foods are good. Certain foods are bad. Maybe you're not allowed to eat past a certain time period. Maybe it's like a fasting type thing. Maybe it's a program where they're telling you this isn't a diet, but they're making you eat their weird junky food every two hours and you're restricted. Like these are not sustainable things. Okay. A program where they're just prepackaging your food for you isn't sustainable. You're not going to do that forever. Living on two shakes and a reasonable dinner, um, whether it's some slim fast or any other shake program, that's not sustainable. You're not going to do that forever. And by the way, those things are all lowering your metabolism. Okay. So if you can't do it forever, it's a diet for the purposes of what we're going to talk about here. Okay. So why should we not diet? Well, it wrecks you in two ways. One, it wrecks your body. Two, it wrecks your mind. So here's how it wrecks your body. Let's get into that really fast. Anytime where you are in a serious calorie deficit, you're lowering your metabolism. Do you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight? Yes. Do you need to be in a a deep calorie deficit to lose weight? No. If you do, if that's where you're at, you have to repair your metabolism. If you have to be under a thousand calories in order to make the scale move, there's something going on there that needs fixing and a diet will make that worse because when we're restricted, either like overly aggressively, meaning our calories are too low or we keep our calories low for too long because we don't understand how to periodize things, we're lowering our metabolism. How are you gonna keep weight off if you lower your metabolism? If you need to lose 50 pounds and you have to eat 1,200 calories to lose five of it, and then you hit a plateau, and then you take yourself down to, let's say, 1,000 calories, and you lose another 10 pounds, and then you hit a plateau, well, shoot, we've only got 15 of the pounds off. We got 35 to go. We're at 1,000 calories. What are we doing here? We're dropping to 500 like the HCG diet. That thing's wild to me. I can't believe that <laughs> that people are still prescribing this in, in weight loss centers. 
um, where you eat 500 calories a day. No, 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 ladies. Anything that's making the scale move and is also making your hair thinner is bad news bears. Um, your body doesn't like that. I don't care how good you feel. <laughs> your body is, is not liking that. So, so you can't have your calories drop that low for that long. Now, you may be thinking, well, I don't count calories. Okay. But if they took away a whole food group, like it's like you can't have any fruit or you can't have, um, you know, like any other whole chunk of food, you're naturally restricting your calories because you have less variety. So this is a fun little hack about the human palate is that if you have less variety of flavor and texture, you will eat less. So have you guys ever watched uh food eating contests, like a hot dog eating contest? And these big dudes are like Hulk smashing a bunch of hot dogs. And then they stop and they eat ice cream. What are they doing? They have to eat like 20 more hot dogs. Why are they eating ice cream? Because it's changing their palate. It's changing the taste. It's tricking them into being able to eat more. It turns off their satiety center that tells them that they're full. Okay, so if you eliminate variety from your, your diet, you're going to naturally eat less. So maybe you're not counting calories, but you're just naturally eating less because you have less variety. Like it doesn't matter what the method is to put you into calorie restriction. If it's intermittent fasting and you're only allowed to eat two meals a day, can you possibly eat as many calories in two meals as you can in four meals? Not usually. Like some people, sure. This is why that kind of approach works better for men than women because they can tend to like just stuff a whole bunch of food in at once. But usually you're not going to eat as much food if you're eating two meals a day instead of four. Okay, so all of these forms of restriction, why are they so bad? They're decreasing your metabolism. If your metabolism is slow, how are you going to keep weight off? Or how are you going to get yourself out of a plateau when you hit it? So this is why women are like, well, I do really good on paleo and I feel really good, but then I can only lose 20 of the 40 pounds I want to lose and the scale stops and I get frustrated and I quit and I go back to doing what I was doing before. And in our mind, that's a consistency issue, which it sort of is, but that's very surface level. The real issue is the slowing of the metabolism, which is leading to the big plateau, which is leading to the frustration, which is leading to quitting and then putting the weight back on. So even if you would just continue to do paleo, do paleo, do paleo, if you're stuck in a plateau, just continuing to eat the same way isn't going to get you unstuck. So that is why we quit. <laughs> so, and it, it, I'm not picking on paleo. That could be keto. That could be Optivia. That could be like whatever the thing is that you're doing that got you stuck into the plateau in the first place. Okay. So it's slowing down our metabolism, oftentimes causing nutritional deficiencies. When you're grossly limiting your intake, you're not getting enough nutrients. For my ladies who are over 35, 40 years old, as you start to get older, your GI tract starts absorbing food a little less and a little less. You don't actually need less food. You need more nutrient-dense food. So by limiting your intake, you can actually be causing some nutritional deficiencies. Who cares? Well, you should care if you're trying to lose weight and keep it off because your hormones and all of these processes in your body, they require vitamins and minerals. If you want to keep your metabolism going and keep your muscle mass and keep your bone density, you need adequate amounts of protein. What most women do when they're trying to lose weight is start cutting out meat and start living on lettuce, which doesn't have a whole lot of 
nutritional value to it. You're not really giving your body a whole lot if you're living on the iceberg. So (laughs) you need more things than that. So in all of those ways, it's not great for our body. Okay. And then if you're doing a program where they're telling you not to work out while you're on their food plan, that's because they want you to lose muscle. Why would they want that? Because the scale will move faster. Okay. So that's wild. Don't do that. Now, how is it wrecking our mindset? Oh, my Lanta, how is it not? So first of all, it's giving us these arbitrary food rules that are basically made up. They're not really backed by science. Um, They're just ways to get you to restrict yourself to give you temporary weight loss. But they're, they're stuck in all of our minds, right? If I say grapefruit, what do you think? Let's do word association here. Grapefruit, you think fat loss, right? Maybe you don't, but I do because there was a grapefruit diet. Uh, And I love me some grapefruit. If I say banana, you're like, ew, can't have that. Carbs are bad, right? So I have a client who's like, she was just telling us on our group call the other day how she was going to eat a potato last week. And then when she went to go eat the potato, she was like, I really shouldn't be having this. But then she heard me in her head. Poor girl. (laughs) My clients hear me in their head a lot. You should feel bad for them. Um, So she heard me in her head saying like, no, carbs are not bad for you. Your body needs these carbs because you're working out now, blah, blah, blah. And so she ate the potato. And then she was like, oh my gosh, the scale is going to go up. And she was like, I was so surprised when the scale is still going down and I'm losing weight and I'm eating potatoes. I'm sharing this story because I think we can all relate to that, right? That's not just her. We all have these random food rules in our head. I have clients who refuse to eat dinner past five o'clock because you're not supposed to eat past five o'clock, but then because they stay up so late, they end up binging later in the evening. So I'm like, but you understand that you are eating past five o'clock, but then you're just not eating anything good past five o'clock. And my brain used to do that too. Like our brains do these things, right? And dieting is the reason our brains do these things. And it's not helpful. It's not productive. And then when we don't stick to the food rule that isn't going to actually help us lose weight anyways, we feel like we're a failure. We feel like we lack motivation, consistency, discipline, all of those things. When we try to follow some very strict diet, and we may think it's not that strict because we've done stricter things. So if you've done the HCG diet where you had to eat only 500 calories and then somebody puts you on keto, you're like, this is amazing. I can eat so much food because it is way less strict than the HCG diet, but it's still not a forever doable thing for most people. Some people, okay, but most people know. It may be a year, maybe, Um, but most people not even that. So you're following a diet that doesn't feel super strict to you, but it's not something that you're going to do for the rest of your life. You already know that. So it is strict. And then when you don't stay on it, which was never truly the intention anyways, were you like, I was going to live on this diet for the rest of my life? No, you were thinking, well, I'm going to stay on this diet until I hit my goal. And then you always planned to come off of it, probably, right? And then, but you don't even make it to the goal because the diet sucks. And then what do you do? You beat yourself up. You talk trash to yourself. I knew I couldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. Or we have these ideas in our head about how perfect we have to eat. You cannot eat a cookie if you want to lose weight, right? People who are healthy 
don't eat cookies. Like we have all this food zealotry that's happening. And so then what happens is you try to eat clean for the week and you eat a cookie and you feel like I'm a piece of crap. I ate a cookie. I'm not disciplined. And then you binge because you already ate the cookie. So you might as well eat the pizza and the cupcake too and start over tomorrow. Right. So then we go through this cycle of depriving ourselves, failing at that because it sucks, uh, talking crap to ourselves and feeling miserable, binging, then trying again. And it's this vicious cycle that we stay in. And so we develop a lot of like false beliefs about ourselves. I'm telling you, if you've been trying to lose weight for years, you're not the problem. You are not the problem. Hear me. Hear me. You are not the problem. The problem is the method. I'm going to prove it to you. So low-carb diets came out at the turn of like the 1900s. Like that's when they started prescribing low-carb diets to patients for weight loss. And end of the 1900s, we didn't really have that many people that were overweight. But the people who were, they were being told to go on a low-carb diet. And then we, you know that all, for all of our lives, that's been a thing. And I'm not knocking low-carb diets. There's a there's a place for them. I feel personally amazing when I'm in ketosis. I feel amazing. I freaking love being in ketosis. I love it so much. And I get the leanest and I feel amazing. And unfortunately, I'm one of those poor responders from a cholesterol standpoint. My LDLs go to close to 3,000. Anybody who's medical who's listening to that just had a heart attack for me. Um, but and also people who lose weight on a ketogenic diet really keep it off. You usually like eat a potato and explode. Like the scale just goes whoop. Um, so I'm not knocking low carb diets, but I'm here to say they're not the full answer, right? They can't be. We've been doing them for Uh, hundreds of years now, and we're not shrinking, we're getting bigger. So can low-carb diets be the answer? No, they can't. Every single woman who's listening to this podcast right now has done a low-carb diet. I promise. Everybody has, right? So that can't possibly be the answer. So here we are trying things that don't actually work and then judging ourselves when they don't work. You guys, nutritional research is crap. It's really, really hard to do a research study. How are you doing a double blind placebo controlled research study on like one variable of food? No, this is why a lot of it ends up being epidemiological, which is total trash and people like misconstrue the data constantly. It's very politicized. Food is strangely very politicized. I don't even want to jump down that rabbit hole, but here's what I'm here to tell you. Nutritional research is extremely difficult to do. Like from a lab standpoint, from a scientific process standpoint. But one thing that's abundantly clear in the research is that diets don't work. That's that's the thing that we know from nutritional research. That's that's the one thing. I mean, we know more. I'm being uh, exaggeratory here, but that's the main thing is, well, gee, let's see, 95% of the time diets don't work for long-term solutions. So how can it mean anything about you if you have been failing at diets for decades. That literally doesn't mean anything about you. That's what's true for every person. That is what's true for every single person. And yet, when we go to lose weight again, we seek out the next best diet. There is no new diet. There is not a new diet. So you may think AIP is new. 
It is not. Does it have some good clinical applications? Yeah, I think that it does for a very, very, very small subset of people. Um, but it's not new. It's a spinoff of paleo, um, as is Whole30, as is like just like clean eating, quote unquote. Keto is a spinoff of Adkins, is a spinoff of low-carb diets, which we just discussed have been around since the 1900s. Um, Optivia, where they give you processed food to eat every couple of hours and tell you that that speeds up your metabolism, which is also very, very clear in the nutritional research to be a lie. Eating more frequently does not speed up your metabolism. However, eating too infrequently does slow it down. And what I mean by that is like one meal a day. So if you eat three times a day, your metabolism's not any faster if you eat six or seven times a day. That's a lie. So anyways, um, that's the same type of thing as like medical weight loss. Or was it Jenny Craig that used to give you food to eat? Nonetheless, here's your prepackaged portioned out food so you don't have to think about things. Isn't a new concept. It works in the short term. It teaches you nothing in the long term. And it's not customized to your body. So it doesn't work. Like it, there isn't anything new. Like fasting, not new. <laughs> The HCG drop thing was because they were giving you these drops. But then what the research showed was that by taking these weird hormone drops, uh, the drops weren't actually doing anything at all is, is what they found out to be true. It was just the fact that you were living off of 500 calories. So do you need the drops to lose weight on 500 calories? No, you do not. You'll lose weight on 500 calories, but you'll be losing muscle and fat and slowing down your metabolism. So women of America... And across the globe, if you're listening from Canada, Mexico, Australia, France, I think those are the only countries I've seen on our list so far. If I'm missing anybody, I apologize. Women of the world, please hear me. Dieting is not going to get you where you want to be. If you are failing at diets, you are not a failure. You are not. Get that out of your head. You are a beautiful, capable woman. You can get this done. But a diet will not get you there. Can we, for the love of everything holy, please stop dieting. I would love for every one of you that's listening to this today to send me a message and say, I promise I'll never diet again. You guys, I will light up if my phone starts blowing up with messages or you posted in Simplified Fat Loss and go, listen to today's episode. I promise I'll never diet again. Like, Ah, if you all get one thing from me ever, that's what I want for you because it's beating up your belief in yourself. That's what it's doing. It's beating up your belief in yourself. I know for a fact you're capable of losing weight. Your brain's not broken. Your brain's doing what all human brains do in this like vicious cycle that you're stuck in. We just have to get you out of this cycle. You have to shift your brain from food rules and badgering yourself and you being the problem. And oh, by the way, don't I just love it when I hear people come to me and say, well, I was doing this, this, and this, and it wasn't working. So the coach that I was working with told me that I was lying about what I was eating. What? When the thing doesn't work, we blame the person? This is crazy. This is craziness, okay? <laughs> like, you're not the problem. Do you need to clean up your habits? Yes. Do you need to change your behavior? Yes. Obviously, if any of us don't have the thing that we're seeking, we probably have a mindset issue and we have to change our behavior to get there. But is giving yourself random rules that don't make sense, that make you feel like shit about yourself going to get you there? No, never. It's never going to be the answer, boo. 
We got to dig in, do the mindset work, do the habit work, figure out what your body wants, but dieting is never the thing. So that's the end of my rant. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk today. You've probably already heard all of this from me, but I felt like it was um, bearing repeating again. So (laughs) I'll see you guys next week and I'll try to have something fresh to talk about. Thanks for tuning in. It is my mission to give women back the confidence that they need to show up bigger in their lives. Right now, the world more than ever needs women who are on fire and living their purpose. If you want to join me in this mission, there's a few things you can do. One, you can share this podcast with the women in your circle. Two, you can join me in my Facebook group, Simplified Fat Loss, or you can subscribe to my newsletter at NikkiOday.com. 